paralyzing terror, as in this hair-raising orgy of savage. The mouth of the streets to tell their friends how wonderful it is to be scared to death. Hello and welcome to episode 857 of Dread Media. I'm your host, Desmond Reddick, back with you for another great episode. This week we've got, uh, an, you know, sort of like oddity films or, you know, sort of like, well, two fam, two f- freaky family films, not family films, but like f- two films about families that are weird, you know, a la, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. First, uh, Dwayne and I are talking about, uh, the full moon film Head of the Family. And then, uh, Dwayne and I talk about the, well, I guess it's a Fangoria film, I think, uh, most recently released on, uh, Blu-ray from Severn Films. Or you can check it out on Tubi for free, I believe. We're also coming back to talk about Skinned Deep. Um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, we're going to talk about head of the family. We get into a little bit of, uh, of perhaps its origins. It's obviously its origins. We'll talk about a little bit about that later. Anyway. Uh, yeah, good episode. Hope you enjoy these reviews. Uh, I'm currently watching films to do new recordings. Those are coming up. But in the meantime, here's a great double feature. Head of the Family and Skinned Deep. Both of those films reviewed with Dwayne. We're going to get to it right after we listen to, hey, uh, I got some good news. This summer, uh, we're going sort of like on a concert road trip. First, we're going to Seattle. And uh, then we're going to Colorado. And uh, Seattle is where we're going to catch Ween. Where they're, they're doing their, uh, that's, that's the second to last date on their 40 years of Ween tour. So, 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 so very excited to do that. And then we're going to go see the head and the heart at Red Rocks in Colorado. I'm going to drop a bunch of cities on use and, uh, and maybe if you guys have some ideas about cool places I can go, you know, like, cool bookstores or movie stores or, uh, I don't know, fucking weird roadside shit or something. Uh, you guys can let me know. I'll let you know my path at some point. (laughs) We're going to be doing it and it's in August. It's in August. So it'll be good. It'll be good. Anyway, uh, what are we, what are we gonna do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. I already, I already said that I'm gonna go see Ween, so, uh, I thought I'd play a Ween song, uh, for ya. And this is from, uh, their, uh, not their last full length, but the one before that. Uh, that album is called Quebec. And I, it's, it's a perfect album. <laughs> It's, it's probably the second best ween album, but it's a perfect album. As is the mollusk, but I think the mollusk is a better album, but they're both perfect albums. Uh, this is the song that kicks off Quebec by ween. This is a song that sort of, uh, you know, sort of, uh, adopts a motorhead style. This is a hell of a way to kick off a record, especially one that's like full of like sort of soft rock hits. But <laughs> this is Ween and it's gonna be a long night.
What do we need? Head. <laughs> I knew you'd love it. I knew it. I knew it. No, we're not talking about Al Snow. We're not talking about Netflix's res- wrestlers. Is that the one? Is that the one with Al Snow? Yeah. Yeah, okay, right. There's another one. Uh, what's it called? Beast Beast Factory? Monster Factory? Monster Factory. There's another yeah. one called Monster Factory, which I think is even a little better. But... Interesting. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. It's on Apple TV, I think. Apple Plus or what? Apple TV Plus or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. Anyway, I can't remember. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I like that one even a little more than Wrestlers. But that was good, too. Anyway, hmm. what what are we talking about, Dwayne? Uh, we're talking about the... Um, we're going... Uh, well, I was looking at my uh, calendar, my lunar calendar, and uh-huh. it shows that there's a full moon. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> don't, before anybody up there kind of groans and says, oh, no, not another subspecies movie or uh, up in master. Um, <laughs> Hell, man, they, they should just be happy we're not doing another another month of full moon. Yeah, I know. One year, one year we did. It was it March? Or? Full, I think we did full moon February first. Oh, that's what and then the ne- maybe not the next, but like two years later, maybe we did. <laughs> we did March, March on full moon or something. Yeah, 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 and then we just did like all the Puppet Master movies or something. God, <laughs> man! But uh, no, this is a um, actually I think this is a standalone movie. I'm pretty sure there's always sequels to Charles Bam ones or kind of remix kind of things too. This, but, uh, uh, you know what? There is something. There is a female version mm. t- toy. So I think there might be female version of you know of you know the head. <laughs> like bride of head of the family year. Yeah, something uh, yeah. like that. I'm Okay. I'm, okay, so I'm looking for Oh, yeah. Bride of the head of the family. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Uh, there it is. Okay. Okay. Well, that's funny. Uh, yeah, cuz I've seen the resin I've seen the resin statue. That's what it is. And then yeah, oh, okay. so cuz I, you know, I get those you know, the sale emails from Full Moon. Of right, course. Right. Of course, but yes, we're we're not talking about that one. We're talking about the original 1996 cinematic oddity from Full Moon, uh-huh. uh, written, co-written, and directed by Charles Band, uh, co-written with Neil Marshall Stevens, head of the family. Yes, <laughs> Dwayne, you want to uh, give, give us a bit of a rundown here? Yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, it's set in some sort of a small town in some, I think it's non-specific part of the southern U.S. And uh, we got like a guy who owns a local diner named Lance, and he has been kind of, I guess, having an affair with Loretta, 
who is either the girlfriend or wife of of a, another guy <laughs> <laughs> whose name is Henry? No. Uh, you're not going to you're not going to get Howard, me to remember. Yeah. Howard? Okay. okay. Howard, yeah. yeah. So anyway, right. okay. Yeah. So she's basically You're not going to get me to remember anybody's name in no, this no, movie, no. dude. <laughs> basically, uh, yeah, so you know, guy owns a diner. Uh, he's not exactly a board kind of guy anyway, but then he's having an affair with Loretta, who's like the uh, wife, I guess, of this local kind of thug slash, I don't know what, kind of mover and shaker, opportunistic kind of guy, Howard. Anyway, but, uh, you know, through kind of discussions and stuff, uh, basically, they're trying to figure out a way to, you know, get rich quick, like they always are. And Lance discovers that a local family called the Stackpools are... Oh, they're kind of like a, a weird kind of Adams family, I guess you could say, uh, or Munsters. And, uh, and basically, uh, they, there's kind of like three of them. Uh, Ernestina, who is a buxom but silent woman. Mm-hmm. Um, Wheeler, who kind of just always wears sunglasses. And I, I'm assuming for his name, he must drive. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> Otis, who's just kind of like a big, Hulk giant dude. Yeah. Um, and then basically, uh, they come into town sometimes, but they're actually kind of doing, uh, the bidding of the guy who's kind of housebound, um, named Myron, who is indeed the head of their family in more <laughs> ways than one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just get to that in a minute. Uh, and basically, like, Lance kind of gets involved, and, and there's something, some kind of plot to do with, like, lawyers and blackmail, uh, about, like, the stack pools being mutants and having kind of, like, a weird, uh, I don't know, kind of a asylum laboratory kind of thing in their basement. And mm-hmm. anyway, basically they're the pretty, uh, strange bunch. And, um, but basically Lance finds out that he, he really just shouldn't mess with the head or else you'll wind up dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's good. And, uh, so yeah, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is like, this is true of a lot of formal movies, but this movie particularly in the best way possible, is a very kind of comic booky movie. And um, one of the things I think has to do, like one of those um, connections has to do with the head of the family himself, Myron. Yeah. Uh, what's so different about Myron? Well, you know, it's it's funny. The trivia for IMDb doesn't mention this at all. Hmm. Uh, but it does mention the visual style of this film was inspired by the Munsters. Mm-hmm. And the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. And I say the nay, uh, <laughs> because not just the visual style of this movie, but I mean, like, the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> it, just like, uh, Head of the Family, there is a comic book which, now the the copy that I have is mm-hmm. a um a back issue from 1973 but hold on I'm just trying to find it here it was a DC comics reprint there it mm-hmm. is right there of oh you know what that might be from a different issue one second yeah okay so uh, so the DC comic series, I think there's six issues, maybe eight issues are mm-hmm. comic books that reprint stories from various issues of the prize comics series, black magic, uh, which what came out in the fifties. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby were doing these comics back in the fifties. And one of those issues, so Prize Comics issue number 30 came out in June 1954, featuring a story titled The Head of the Family, (laughs) in which exists a family that a woman is about to marry into. Uh, basically, uh, she is marrying Wheeler. <laughs> right. <laughs> because, you know, there's the, the big lumbering brute strength guy. There's the big head guy. There's like the sort of, uh, like the, the guy who does all the talk, like smooth talking kind of thing. 
Uh, so he's a little bit like Wheeler, but also Wheeler's a more like a normal guy, sort of like he's the li- not is it Lily Munster? I think so. Who's the normal it's, one? No, um, no, it's not Lily. No, Lily's, Lily's the mom, isn't the it? The mom, yeah. Yeah. Um, whatever. I can't remember. No, wait, is that the Adams family or no? Well, that has like the normal. No, no, no it's, it's the Munster. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Can't remember, can't remember that character's name though. But yeah, so, sort of like that. But yeah, so they, they arrive and again, it's a giant head with it on a top of a tiny body in a wheelchair. <laughs> Big lumbering dude, you know, sort of like a seductive person, right? It's very, very weird. And there seems to be no mention of that anywhere. And it's yeah. funny, it's funny because Jack Kirby did work for Full Moon. Right. Yeah, there is, there is, there is a connection between Jack Kirby and Full Moon Pictures and that Kirby Full Moon was originally going to do the Doctor Strange movie. Right. Right. And then it turned into something else. Well, that those like uh, original design elements were do- drawn up by Jack Kirby. They had their they had like they used it to sell the picture, basically. Right. In their little right. package that they took to whatever convention. Right. Yeah, I think it's like Dr. Mordred or something. Yeah, Dr. Mordred, yeah. yeah. And then there was another one, but I don't think any... Cause uh, like, it, 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 or no? Um, you know, I'm not sure not, exactly, not sure. but I don't think they ended up making in the movie of that one. I can't really remember. But yeah, so it's funny because there's also another Full Moon Pictures Jack Kirby connection, right? Like, it's so strange. Yeah. And, and I don't know, like, it doesn't... There's no mention of Jack Kirby or Joe Simon at all that I've been able to find mm-hmm. online talking about it when it's quite clear that this is lifted directly from this comic book. So I'm not saying that Charles Band was reading prize comics in the 1950s, but you know what? I'm willing to put money on the fact that he was reading DC comics in 1973. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> let me tell you, though, like, man, when I I literally cracked up almost every single time I saw him, I ran head on the on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. He cracks me up like just the. It, uh, it is. It is a silly look, and I thought they did yeah. a great. I thought they did a great job of. They did. Yeah. Of. Like do you know? Like they did like the split screen kind of thing to make it seem like he was in the same picture as everybody else, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yes. if anybody, if anybody wants to wants to see the cover of Black Magic Number One, just Google Black Magic Number One Kirby, and it'll bring up the cover. It'll probably bring up. Oh, yeah. yeah. You'll yeah. you'll know what cover to see. It'll probably yeah. bring up a couple Black Magic covers, but. You'll yeah. know which one is which. <laughs> Isn't that like a men's magazine in 1973? What, black? For like a... No, no, it, it was... Never mind. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It says uh, it says head of the family on the cover of the magazine, uh, yes, of, of the yes. comic book. So, yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty blatant, if you ask me. Pretty yeah. blatant. But, uh, yeah, it's still, uh, this movie's still fun, though. Like, it really is. Like, yeah. it's... Uh, um, like the cast seems to be really into it. Like, yes, like, yes. you know what I mean? They actually like know it for what it is, but they're also kind of like enjoying it almost. Or like, I don't know, like it's actually got decent dialogue even like with a lot of kind of one liner jokes or like little kind of expressions like something, yeah. you know, even if you never hear them anywhere outside this movie, clearly that's what they're meant to be is kind of like a thing people say every day in this world. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. It's re- weird world. Um, <laughs> It is, um... What's the point uh, of murdering your husband if you can't fuck in a bed? Yeah. Like that. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> um, what's, what's the, the point of murdering your husband if you can't fuck in a bed? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, another thing is, like, this, uh, you know... It, 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 it seems like a little bit more together than a lot of full moon pictures. Like sometimes they have like certain scenes that you can tell they, they want in a movie and then they just kind of like loosely link them together and right. So right. There's downtime, but there's like, it seems like, yeah, like there's quite a lot of dialogue in this. 
Um, like, I don't even know how many sex scenes. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, like, it's, and uh, it's rife with them, like, just throughout, <laughs> throughout. Yes. Yeah. Like, like, it's almost like, especially, it's a little less common in movies these days. So you just, if you're not used to it, you're kind of like, oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we, we, time, we, we should mention, like, yeah. almost everything on Tubi. You know, yeah. uh, you know, like I, almost everything from Full Moon is on. It's on Tubi, yeah. Uh, so you can see it for free. Also it says AMC Plus here on IMDb. So I guess that means it's on Shutter too for me, I, I for see. us. You know. Yeah, I don't know. I always wonder if there's a difference between Canadian and American Shutter. Like maybe if like. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Know, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Um, I've I've just found that everything that says AMC plus on IMDB is on Shutter. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean clearly not everything, but the movies I'm looking at, you know, like right. obviously there's a lot more than horror on AMC plus, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think we can get that, can we? Or maybe we can buy the buy the Prime channel or something. Maybe. Yeah, and then kind of get through there, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically though, it's a, you know, fun movie. Um, you know, it's people, we've seen this a lot, like in, you know, uh, whatever house of a thousand corpses, all these other things, like where there's kind of a crazy family. Yeah. Yeah. Them. And, uh, this one's a little less, uh, I mean, it has really good effects, but it, uh, it's a little less like violent, I suppose I would say, and a little more just kind of weird and creepy, like with, uh, um, there's like a, you know, a, a Joan of, <laughs> there's kind of a Joan of Arc bit. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's like, you know, a, some, I guess, well, I guess it did involve torture too, but, um, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I am like, uh, kind of smitten with that Jacqueline Lavelle. She's like the kind of main oh, Ernest girl. Oh, yeah. Um, well, oh, you, mean, you, mean, you mean Loretta? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the female lead. Yeah, she's yeah, lovely. She yeah, is um, just beautiful. Like just whatever. Um, it's just like in a way that I don't know. I don't even know if women look like that anymore, kind of thing, or if it's like a from a certain era or something. I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything uh, to say about uh, Head of the Family um, in terms of like I don't know whether you'd recommend people watch it or? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely an oddity. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you do, you know, if you like the, the sort of weird family trope, um, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Uh, it's funny. It's like chock full of nudity. Mm-hmm. Ch- what is this? This, <laughs> those reviewers, what is, hold on one second. Um, hold on. Jesus Christ. Oh, First, the sheer excess of nudity and sexual activity. While in most films it would be completely unnecessary, this film seems to realize how silly the whole thing is and continues pushing the nudity to become even more outrageous. Half the plot develops while the main female lead is nude. (laughs) I guess that's true, actually. Uh, so this is cheese ball. This is cheesecake as yeah. well. Um, so yeah, head of the family. It's a definite oddity. It's on Tubi. I mean, I, I have it in my full moon library box set. Right. On DVD. Um, shit. You might want to check your DVD collection. You might have one of those William Shatner full moon, did you know about those? Yeah, I've only I never owned any or, or yeah, it was uh, like w- William Shatner presents like a right. full moon box set with three films or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. head of the family's in one of those. <laughs> weird, weird. The nineties were weird, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there actually is a little bit. I mean, I'm not comparing this movie exactly to Reanimator, but there is a little bit of that vibe in there too. Like sure. I, I think Reanimator is a better movie of course but um yeah there even is a little bit of that even a little bit of like kind of weird creature on woman well i guess he only kind of like harasses her short like kind of briefly but right uh, yeah um well what about skinned deep we're going to be talking about that in a minute (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) similar vibe exactly yeah We've actually like seen uh, and in this I'm, kind of. I'm, I might match. I might match like, those up in a double feature, actually. Yeah, these that makes two. Sense. But sorry, go on. I, I, I was talking over you there. No, no, just it's. Uh, yeah, it is kind of a common trope, certainly in uh, in horror. 
but can be done in different ways, of course. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I don't really hmm, know how to rank it exactly, but I'll give it a three to be honest. So, yeah, I think that's a fair score. It's yeah. just a weird, like, I'm not, I'm not saying watch it because it's great. I'm saying watch it because it's a real oddity. Like, it's like, it's, yeah. there's, there's, I mean, even though there's a comic book just like it, there's yeah. no movie like this. No. I suppose other than Bride of the Head of the Family. Perhaps I'll 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 watch that on Tubi someday. <laughs> Maybe for this very episode, who knows. But uh yeah, no promises on that one. No. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely um and I would actually say though it is a better full moon picture. Like so even if you're kinda like not too you know, high on full moon. Yeah, uh, there's uh, definitely tears. There's yeah. tears of full moon movies. Yeah. And this one's, uh, I think higher up there. Yeah. Because of, yeah, I would agree. Like, yeah. I would agree for sure. All right. So what, uh, song are you going to throw to there, Des? Well, I thought, uh, I'd play, uh, a song from, you know, one of my n- newest favorite bands, if that makes sense. One of my, yeah, one of the bands that I newly call one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm talking about Mutoid Man. It's a side project from Cave In, uh, but I just really like these guys. They've got like a metal tinged grunge feel for me, and I just really dig them. This is from their record War Moans. I'm talking Mutoid Man and their song Head Rush. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. This is sort of a day where we're covering a couple of things that we've sort of meant to watch each other for a while, right? Right. Yeah. And this, this is one that came from me. I think, ah, I think I covered this solo on Dread Media, like maybe back in the first year of Dread Media. Or at least the second year, you know? Right. And that would that be like 2005? 2000, no. Yeah, 2006, 2007. But this movie came out in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, 
oh, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm, I have plugged in headphones. I don't want to run across the room and grab the DVD. I believe it's a, it's, it's a Fangoria DVD release, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, here, here's the cover. Mm-hmm. What is it? Fangoria Gore for Fangoria presents Gore Zone video, skin deep. So it's their own little. Uh, Distribution company and their own little segment of that, the Gore Zone part. Uh, this is written and directed by, um, you know, prominent special effects artist Gabe Bartalos. Um, <laughs> so he he's been in the makeup department of everything from Leprechaun to Army of the Dead. Uh, and as spe- in special effects departments on movies like Darkman, uh, the 1998 Godzilla, um, all sorts. He's a very prominent special effects artist. Um, he did that Jack and Diane movie. Do you remember that one? Like the sort mm-hmm. of like lesbian love affair, but one of them's like a shape-shifting monster of some kind. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't ring a bell at all. Oh, that, was, that was kind of a fun one. Um, but yeah, so like he's he's just a great effects artist, a great effects right. artist, and uh, this is, I guess, his directorial debut. Let me see here. It's actually hard to find director credits because it's so far down. Yeah, this is his directorial debut. He'd come back in 2013 with a movie I haven't seen, but I do recognize as having a release from Severin, mm-hmm. uh, a movie called St. Bernard. And its premise is a classical musical conductor unravels into the abyss of insanity. That seems to happen a lot. Yeah, apparently, apparently. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to check that out. And for some reason, IMDb is taking a million years to live. It's on... Um, Tubi or not? Yes, it is. There it is. It just loaded. Yeah, it's on Tubi too. So I'll, I'll probably check out Saint Bernard. Uh, I think this is an interesting filmmaker, uh, more than just a special effects artist. Uh, but this is sort of uh, skin deep. Getting back to that is sort of uh, kind of a deranged John Waters style take on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Is that a fair yeah. rundown? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's. I thought yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So in this one, it's just like a family road trip and what they get, a they get a flat tire from a, mm-hmm. from a spike that was thrown out onto the road. And, um, they do a very short walk back to town, <laughs> right? Cause it, like, it seemed like five minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, like, he goes back and meets the lady and says, oh, yeah, just come to my house across the street there. He's like, okay, we'll be there in five minutes. I'm like, oh, you didn't have to walk very far from your your flat tire. Um, but, yeah, so uh, the family comes and is invited into this bizarre home um, where they are invited for dinner and meet all sorts of strange members of this family, including... Um, someone called the Surgeon General. Right. Uh, including someone called Plates, which <laughs> is, uh, so th- what I love about this movie is, again, the comic book nature of it. Yeah, yeah. So the Surgeon General looks like a proper horror villain. Yeah. Right? Like he, he's sort he's of the guy like. You want to cover your movie. Yes, definitely. Oh, he yeah. looks like, ah, uh, shit. What's that movie? It's got Peter Cushing in it, but it's it's got like Nazi zombies. Oh right, uh, shockwaves. Right? Shockwaves, right, right, right. So yeah, it's he's got very much like a shockwaves kind of vibe, or like a the modern kind of like Army of Frankenstein kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Sort of like like trap jaw from He Man, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah, goggles, yeah, metal jaw. Yeah. Yeah. So he looks really cool. You're right. Exactly the guy that you want on the cover of your DVD. And I guess the Surgeon General's brother uh, is Plates, played right. by Warwick Davis. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, perhaps bringing in a, a favor from Gabe Bardalos' work on Leprechaun. Yeah. Uh, 
coming in, and boy, he does not want to wear any prosthetics this time, does he? But he sort of dresses up as like a deranged albino little person yeah. who, whose prominent characteristic is that they throw plates. <laughs> and uh, there's also the actor Jason Dugray, who plays their other brother, mm-hmm. Brain, um, who, uh, judged by you know his name, it's sort of like a regular dude with a very prominent brain. Yeah. Uh, large, prominent brain that is, I don't know, like stands up like a foot and a half off of his head and it's about a foot and a half wide. It's uh, quite a quite a brain prosthetic. And <laughs> these are, uh, these characters sort of, you know, sort of slaughter the family and keep the daughter of the family hostage because Brain has uh, basically claimed her. And then she's like, let me go. And he's like, no, no, you're mine, right? <laughs> right? So it's sort of like twisted thing. But it's also like a comedy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah so it's like this weird sci-fi horror comedy. Um, it's got these, oh, man, what are the names? What's the name of the biker gang? Oh, the ancient ones. Yeah. Is it the ancient, <laughs> the ancient <laughs> ones? Right, right. <laughs> so there's like this, like, Biker gang made up of old folks. Uh, one of them is uh, played by Forrest Ackerman. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So they show up. It's just like a total deranged mess. Um, the uh, opening credits feature the uh, the uh, um, initials of the film being burned into somebody's flesh. For real. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very weird. <laughs> it's just a crazy sort of John Waters style take. It's like John Waters mixed with Mars Attacks, mixed with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and a budget of about, I don't know, $50,000, let's say. Right. And that's almost all on effects. And, uh, and, you know, shot on a Super 8 camera, and that's what you've got with Skin Deep. A very fun, crazy movie. What did you think? I'm the one that uh, imposed this on you. Yeah, like it was one of those ones where at first I was a little going, because uh, some things transpired quite quickly uh, <laughs> to kind of get <laughs> right, the movie right. going. So it's not like this thing where you meet a bunch of characters and then you follow them throughout the entire movie because uh, <laughs> there's a, you know, a high body count. Um, right. Yeah, when I kind of thought, well, maybe this is just going to be another one of those, you know, crazy family, you know, Texas Chainsaw kind of things. Right. But immediately, like, you get, um, actually, yeah, it opens up with a scene of, like, uh, who we later find out is the Surgeon General. Um, you know, I think he's, like, uh, attacking somebody on the road, um, like, using his tow truck. Uh, like, he just kind of, right. like, well, they do, yeah, like, pulls off the that opening, that's, like, the opening attack, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's, like, just taken from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Yeah, yeah. Right, just, like, straight up taken from the opening of Texas Chainsaw Massacre well, 2. Uh, I still enjoyed it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, but then after that, there's just, like, yeah, meet the family, and I was kind of like, well, where is this going? Like, you can't just be a, like, a straight up, you know, kind of pastiche or whatever of, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Like, it just... You well, know, they, so, they, I mean, I mean, they kill the entire family in one scene, other than the yeah. daughter, right? Yeah, so I'm exactly. like, oh, yeah, it's like when I first watched it, I'm like, okay, where the fuck are they going here? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the too. Uh, but then, yeah, just as more and more characters kind of get thrown in, like the senior citizen bikers, and um, I can't remember. I think there's some other people. Uh, then uh, the the mood just kind of get crazy, like kind of got wackier and wackier, and I like that. Like that was the <laughs> thing that kind of kept me going. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, what is going to happen next? Um, and I will actually say it almost seems like the movie got like better. And I don't even know if it was like, like, I don't know. There's just something about like, say like the last act that was just, I don't know. It seemed like what they were establishing in the first two acts, like it's uh, almost from like a filmmaking point of view, it seemed to get better. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that whole final showdown. Yeah. It's it's just fucking awesome. Just awesome. You know, Elderly bikers included. Yeah. It's just totally awesome. Yeah. Just uh, so plates, awesome. Plates, like, even though, I, obviously, the Surgeon General looks awesome, uh, like, yeah. plates just, it cracked me up every time. Like, it's just, there's something kind of 
like funny, but also kind of common sense about it. Like, right. You know, you wouldn't want to get hit with a plate, but I mean, it also like makes a great noise. Like it cracks. So, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Know, so if someone just throwing plate after plate, he's like even sharpening them up. He's there's even, know. did you catch the CGI plates? Uh, yeah, at one point, I think that's when he's throwing at a vehicle or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're just, like, popping out of his backpack. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it's just coming it's, from. <laughs> it, it actually looks really good. Like, yeah. for this movie, that looks really good. Really yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, he just seems like one of those whack, like, I don't know, like he was in, like, Garth Ennis's Hitman or something. Yeah. Like, he's like a wacky kind of character like that. Right. Um, right, all these then, characters uh, seem to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, the, there's, there's this sequence, uh, where brain has either a dream or just like a, like a daydream or something. And he ends up like running down the streets of Manhattan, completely naked with his giant brain. Um, uh, you know, accoutrement. Yeah. Yeah. Prosthetic on his head. And he got arrested for that. Oh, okay. Uh, in the, um, in the in the special features, yeah, you know, they're talking about that, and and Gabe Bartalos is or they they ask Gabe Bartalos, it's like, well, what you know, what did you, what did you promise Brian to, what you know, you'd do if he, you know, went and ran naked through Manhattan without a filming permit? Right. He's like, oh, I promised him all the all the fame and adoration that came with being the star of this movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> but to me, I, I mean, to me, I think Brain is the best part of this movie. Yeah, yeah, uh, he is like a really kind of cool, weird character, uh, and I think like we don't have a lot of cool, weird villain characters in in movies anymore. No, and and I think he's a great example. Like he also just looks like a comic book character. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure there probably has been one. Well, before sense, I'm not sure, but you know, kind of looks something like that. Yeah, and, and uh, it would stand to reason that there would be a skinned deep comic book as well. You know, yeah, yeah, like it's, like it's very comic booky, very comic booky. Again, like it's Garth Ennis or you know someone like that. You'd see this like out of Avatar Press or something. Right. <laughs> you know, just like completely unhinged, deranged, throats being slit, plates being thrown at heads. Um, there's like a lot of exploding heads. Actually. There's explosion. Like, yeah. Exploding yeah. heads, I mean, it, like it, lots of yeah. decapitation, <laughs> like just like it's, it's great for the, the violent special effects alone to watch. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, and it's free for you to watch yeah. on Tubi. I, <laughs> I upgraded from my original DVD. I had, I had the, the Fangoria DVD. Right. Got it off eBay way back in the day. Uh, and yeah. And so I upgraded to the Blu-ray at that last, uh, <laughs> that last severance sale, right. uh, you know, in last year maybe, but, uh, yeah. Um, so I pulled that out because man, Severn always gets me cause the fucking, the soundtrack CDs. Mm-hmm. So. This skin deep Blu-ray came with a soundtrack CD, so that's a, that's oh. that's a pretty easy way of getting me to buy it. Yeah, um, extra value. Yeah, there's a there's original music uh, I think composed by Jonathan Bepler, but uh, I wanted to play a song. Are we done? Are we done talking about Skin Deep? I feel like we are. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's another, it's another weird family, uh, does nutty shit movie. Yeah. And, and the family yeah. just gets revealed to be weirder and weirder as far as the movie goes. <laughs> yeah, don't expect, you know, any terrific acting really, or, uh, no. Uh, even like the sound seems a bit odd, like the, the, the vocal track, I guess you would call it, like, just seems strange sometimes. Like, I'm yeah, not it's a sync, but it's it's, su- it's super low budget. Yeah, it's yeah. super low budget. There's like, there's like, there's room tone in yeah. in in the vocal take. I think that's it. Is, yeah. is is what it is. It sounds like it's not well baffled area that they're recording the audio and they're piping it over the film. You know what I mean? I right. I think yeah. it's I think it's ADR, and I think yeah. it's just done in a. <laughs> 
poorly baffled baffled room. Yes. <laughs> it, it happens, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a, it is a low 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 budget film. Uh, it's definitely a, a labor of love. You could feel that. You could feel that. Absolutely, how, yeah. just like the dedication, everybody's dedication to this. Yeah. Uh, but perhaps better than anybody, uh, I'm a fan of Brain, and uh, in that case, I'm going to play a song from that soundtrack, uh, and it's the song is Brain's Theme. Oh, nice. And Brain's Theme is composed and performed by The Damned's Captain Sensible. Huh. With Lawrence Monty Burroughs and Eric Woods. <laughs> I did not expect that. Well, there you go. Brain's theme. Thanks, Dwayne. You're welcome. See, now I'm reticent to stop. Oh, did we give it a score? Uh, No. Let's do that. Okay. Okay. I haven't clicked stop yet. But before we go quick, uh, what do you give skinned deep out of five? I'm going to give it three and a half yeah uh, that's, that's um, exactly just, where i'm sitting yeah, that's exactly where i'm brain sitting. and just enjoy it like yes uh yeah yeah and, uh, even if it starts off a little rough it like again it just escalates and well basically just escalates and escalates with no end right like by right. the end of the movie you'll be thinking like what like what the hell is going on here and and i mean in a good way and uh yeah you won't believe some of the things you'll probably see so. look like it's this movie 100% feels like, oh, this is, this is the labor of love of the director who is usually a special effects artist. Right. Exactly. Like it, just, it just reeks of a movie made by a special effects artist. And that's great. I love it. I've seen that so much lately and I, and I really do appreciate seeing that. I love these guys getting, getting to finally show their, you know, their, Entire creativity right off the bat, you know, that's yeah, cool. Like whether it's, whether it's Phil Tippett in Mad God, right. Or, or Gabe Bartalos in Skin Deep. I mean, right. granted, the, the labor of love is far more, uh, far deeper for Phil Tippett, uh, given that he'd been working on that movie for 30 years or some shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, any, any labor of love by a special effects artist that gets to turn into its own narrative film. Uh, always uh, gets a bit of a shine of appreciation for me. And it's something that you can definitely see right off the bat watching it. It's like, yeah, this guy is really good at one aspect of filmmaking, and I am here for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's it's exactly a 3.5 for me. So. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for putting up with this movie, and I'm glad you liked it about as much as I did, actually. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I, this one I was worried about. This one I was worried about. So yeah, I was worried at first, but then yeah, it just uh, it gets as I said, it just gets better and better. So okay, good, good, good. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here with Brain's theme by Captain Sensible and others. <laughs>
All right. Yeah, look. So we talked about Bride of the Head of the Family, uh, which is still in uh, basically like pre-production. <laughs> so it's a movie that does not exist. But uh, this is the premise on IMDb. I'll read it to you right now. Following the events of the original film, the head of the family himself, Myron Stackpole, attempts to rebuild his empire from the ashes of destruction. But finding his lost fortune and missing siblings is only a fraction of his woes as a mysterious high-powered woman arrives on the scene. Her name is Eugenia, and she sports a big agenda and an even bigger head. It's a love at first sight for Myron, but before he and his newly betrothed can exchange vows, they'll have to deal with mad doctors, deformed hitmen, sexual se- sexual orderlies, and more. At, sexual orderlies. Sexual orderlies and more. <laughs> sexual orderlies. Good God. Uh, as they all race to the wedding of the bride of the head of the family. I really uh, do actually look forward to seeing this movie, if they ever do get to make it. And look, before I get to the goodbye shit, uh, I did uh, <laughs> read that issue of Black Magic by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. And yeah, I mean, look... Some of the characters are jostled a little bit, but, um, yeah, I mean, just the fact that this, you know, uh, the Jack Kirby DC acquisition of the seventies resulted in some reprints of his fifties work like black magic stuff. And, uh, that was, uh, you know, good shit actually and the the story called head of the family is you know what entirely too close to the setup and plot of head of the family uh by full moon films uh to say hey like come on <laughs> come on <laughs> The, this reprint comic came out in the 1970s from DC Comics. I know I have, I have the issue. I also have it in the Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, uh, uh, library horror edition. You know, uh, I've, I've, I've read it several times and there's no doubt in my mind that the head of the family from Full Moon Pictures is most definitely, uh, a ripoff of Head of the Family by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. There's just no question whatsoever uh, that, uh, to me, that Charles Band did not get that comic book as a kid. You know, as like an older teen, actually, that came out in like the like 79, right? Something like that. Is that right? I can't remember off the top of my head. Or 59 is when it originally came out. I can't remember when the comic book, when the reprint came out from DC. But anyway, that was when like Charles Bam was a teenager and he knew for sure who Jack Kirby was because Full Moon worked with Jack Kirby developing films and shit. There is an, it's an open and shut case, baby. <laughs> but you know what? I'm glad that it, it exists. It's a, a stupid, fun film and we need more stupid, fun films like Malignant. Things like that. All right. Let's get the hell out of here. Uh, talked a lot about like big head folks, you know, so let's listen to, uh, the final, uh, studio album, uh, from Allison Chains to feature Lane Staley. Uh, you know, they're not including that box set that came out afterwards. That doesn't count. Not including the unplugged thing. Uh, which is surely one of their best things they've ever done. But uh, we're talking about the self-titled record, Alice in Chains, also known as, like, what, like, Three-Legged Dog or whatever. Uh, this is Alice in Chains with Head 
creeps. You guys take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. You know how to contact me or, you know, whatever. Next time, I'll say it all. All right. Bye-bye now.